0: This is Saving the Game, a Christian podcast about tabletop role playing and collaborative storytelling, recorded Monday, May 6th of 2019. It's episode 152. In this episode, we discuss Jonah as part of our Biblical Figure series, plus which of our own tabletop characters we'd want to live as, Rachel Held Evans, a call for Patreon questions, giant fish speculation, and more. Welcome to Saving the Game. I'm Peter. And I'm Jenny. We do not have Grant tonight. He is not feeling well.
1: And this is already a, a Monday recording, so we we don't want to put this off anymore.
0: Yeah. The fact that it's on a Monday has given us the opportunity to address a couple of things. Uh, one very bad and one good. Unfortunately, the uh, the bad news for those who do not know about it, Leading Christian author, Rachel Held Evans, died over the weekend Mm -hmm. Uh, very suddenly at the young age of 37, actually.
1: It was an allergic reaction to antibiotics, I think.
0: Yeah, caused brain swelling and stuff. I don't want to go into a huge amount of it because none of us were particularly close to her, but she was definitely a leading voice. She was a very kind person. Mm -hmm. I'm frankly, I'm just going to miss being able to follow her on Twitter. Yeah,
1: yeah. Same here. I, I loved like the way she talked on Twitter. It was very... Very good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, be praying for the family. She had two young children under the age of three and a husband who was very fond of her. And there's a lot of grieving people out there, both who knew her personally and who never met her because of her writings and her social media presence and stuff. She was a pretty special woman. Mm-hmm. The good news, which feels really weird to pivot from that to this, but we had an absolutely fantastic session of the Sharn Game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. It was one of those sessions where literally everybody in the group had a really on night all at the same time. Yeah, and it just all gelled perfectly. Grant put us into a hilarious combat with a oh. gibbering mouther.
1: <laughs> it was so good. I spent like pretty much the whole session saying, "I hate this." I'm having so much fun.
0: I think that may actually be a direct quote. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I hate yeah, I gib- hate
1: gibbering yeah, mouthers. I hate they're they're real bad. <laughs> they're so much fun to to play yeah. against, but like, oh, it's also it's, the
0: Warforged oh. just shut the thing down. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah. <laughs> between like armor class of twenty, <laughs> his menacing strike ability, and like the fact that I had cast Bane on it, it literally could not hit him.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it it was amazing.
0: Yeah. Even a natural 20, I think, would have missed. So yeah. that was pretty awesome. So yeah, it was a really good session. We actually had some good character moments and stuff in there too. Yeah. Um it was we got through pretty much a whole case in just one shot, which was yeah. kind of neat.
1: And that's because um we should probably talk about this now. I'm going to be stepping yeah. away from pretty much all gaming except for City on the Hill for the duration of the summer semester because my grades have been slipping so bad. And I I really, really (laughs) got to focus on the
0: old studies. I do.
1: I've got to really hunker down and and get stuff done. So because I'm currently at the the part of of my diploma where I have to do math, which is not my forte. And I have to do math and I have to do coding and I'm really, really bad at it. So I need to focus on it. So that's why the, the session was so short.
0: Well, it wasn't a short session. It was or, actually uh, a long uh, session. Yeah, but long we're... session,
1: short uh, arc.
0: Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. We're hoping to get maybe one more in with you before you have to take off, but uh, yeah, it's.
1: Maybe.
0: <laughs> Depending on how the rest of the scheduling stuff shakes out. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. 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 My well, semester does miss start you, a and... way, but yeah.
0: Hopefully you'll be able to game again by the time I can start running that game that I'm planning for like a year from now. So yeah.
1: I, I generally try to take the winters off because that's always my weakest semester. But yeah, we'll see.
0: All right. Well, um, one other thing before we get to the Patreon question here, we need more of these. Send we need more of these now. Questions. Yeah. Send us questions. Please. There are, there are, according to this table, like 22 of you who can send us questions and we really need them,
1: guys. Yeah, like we need them ask, so bad. Ask me what what music album I've been listening to lately. But like, yeah, ask like, me what YouTube videos I've been watching recently. Like,
0: yeah, I, I have some cool answers for that. Oh you yeah, know?
1: oh yeah. Ask us for recipes. Yeah. We've been uh, our gaming group's been talking about recipes lately. Talk, ask us about yeah. recipes. Yeah.
0: Um. I you you just posted like waffle iron omelet, and I was just kind of like. Oh, well, that would work, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, anyway, let's, let's get to one of these last precious few mm-hmm. actual questions in the table. Patreon backers, you know what to do. <laughs> uh, okay, so this one comes from Sean Stauffer. If you had to spend a year as any one of the characters you have made for an RPG in their world, which would you choose and why? A
1: Terry? I'm done. <laughs> okay. Ateri, Atari is you... such a fun character to play. And Peter, the setting that you wrote is so rich and vibrant. And I love the the hometown that we co-designed. I love High Flats. High I Flats? I really liked it. Yeah. I was trying to remember like the, the Georgian name, but I couldn't remember. Uh,
0: Magali Dabina. Magali
1: Dabina. Thank you. But I, I just love... I absolutely adore the setting. And I really like playing a terry and i like wearing leather jackets and i like motorcycles in theory so
0: (laughs) flying around and
1: yeah i like i like going fast i like to be fast
0: since we've got a little bit of time um just in case the listeners don't exactly know about a terry yeah give them a quick rundown so so
1: a terry is a bard character uh, who primarily wields a rapier and she's a raptorin, which uh, apparently we weren't clear enough about this, because a, a, a couple of people have been like, so about this Velociraptor you play? How does she fly? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, no, uh a Raptorin is based on like the Raptor species or genus or whatever of birds. So she's family, a family,
0: she, yeah. Yeah, um you'll get like eagle ones and owl ones yeah. and hawk ones and- They're on
1: the more humanoid side of like aerocra. So they have like closer to human or elvish faces, but they have wings still and and all that. And all
0: of their body hair is replaced with feathers.
1: Yes. Yes, which I I really like. We we did change it up a little bit cuz um raptorians were a splatbook race in 3.5 we yep. did we did change up some some things to make it more applicable to fifth edition and more applicable to my own personal aesthetic, which I really appreciate. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so I would definitely play a Terry.
0: Well, and probably to the surprise of exactly nobody who's listening to this, who's been listening for any length of time, I'd probably take Lambert. I was from just the, gonna uh, say, is it Lambert? Because yeah. I, <laughs> I take you
1: as as, <laughs> as like definitely playing Lambert for sure or being Lambert yeah. for sure.
0: I mean, I, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm almost LARPing Lambert. (laughs) To be honest, I mean, it's um, (laughs) Lambert was kind of a character that I mentioned this in the blog post that I wrote when the Colony game ended, but I, I kind of grudgingly made this character because I'd wanted to play something different and it it turned out that like we didn't have any primary spell casters in the party and Grant was kind of like um I'm not sure how I'm going to balance this I was like fine I'll play another cleric <laughs> so I I wound up making this cleric character and I just
1: this cleric I don't
0: yeah <laughs> the cleric. um <laughs> Puns, uh,
1: ah, portmanteaus—they're <laughs> my favorite.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, th- this this lighter tone is going to really—if you're sick of this—just turn the episode <laughs> yeah. off now, because we're we're talking about Jonah this week, and it ain't gonna license any. Um, arguably the funniest book in the Bible, but yep. Lambert, anyways, was actually not a very humorous character in a lot of ways. I I tended to use him to wrestle with a lot of my own baggage. The imposter syndrome, uh, kind of like my wrestling with, you know, what is and isn't right in certain situations and um, came out as a very human and likable character and one that I understood to a great extent. Um, So I I think I would probably be pretty well off playing Lambert from, you know, being able to actually be comfortable in his shoes that said, I don't think I'd be super comfortable in the part of the world mm. that mm-hmm. uh, they were in. I am a thick-blooded northern stock, and it was a tropical island, a muggy, swampy, tropical island. Mm-hmm. So I'd spend a lot of time sweating and wishing I was someplace cooler. But, uh, yeah, I think Lambert would probably be the pick there. So um, thank you, Sean. <laughs> uh, if you've got another question for us, uh, get that in. Or if you've got one queued up already, Grant move that to the table from his um stock of questions someplace. Uh once again, any of you who don't have questions in please 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 send us questions. We can really use them like especially right now. Mm-hmm. And I I see some of the names on this list that have never sent us anything and I see some other ones that have sent us really good stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. So Whichever of those groups you belong to, if you've got anything that you'd like to ask us, anything that you're curious about, you know, we'll tell you about our jobs. We'll tell you about the cars we drive, you know, the clothes we wear, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as long as it's appropriate in PG, ask away. Yep. Let's do our scripture. And then we've got a, a really fun topic with yeah. Jonah, actually. So I'll let you pick what you want to start with. All right. and uh, we'll I'm
1: fine doing the really long one.
0: Okay, um, I'll take the, uh, the shorter one's bookending it then. Cool. So the first passage we have is Jonah 1, 1 through 3. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord.
1: And I've got I think this is the whole chapter 4 of Jonah. (laughs) It is, yes. So Jonah, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort, and Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm, which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than a 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals?
0: And we have Titus 3, 3 through 8. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace— we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. So this week's topic is the entire book of Jonah.
1: Yeah, all four chapters of it. It's a very yeah, short book.
0: Like You can read it in one sitting, and if you ha- never have, I would recommend you go do so and then come back. Yes. We will wait. <laughs> yes. It will not take long. You will be gone for about 10 minutes.
1: A full yeah, a full deep reading of it took me 15 minutes or so. It's it's yeah. not a long read. It's a it's a very intriguing read.
0: It's actually one of my favorite parts of the Old Testament for several reasons that we're going to get into here.
1: Okay. You know what? I'm going to say, yeah. Jonah's a bit of a weird one for me because it didn't really have an ending. Kind of
0: like the parable of the prodigal son that way. Mm. Just cuts off like after a a message is delivered and doesn't really let you see what the reaction was or anything.
1: Yeah. Um. So I I have actually gained a bit more, just like researching for this episode, I've gained a little bit more appreciation for that ending. Because, the, just clarifying a, a thing, um, it is currently widely accepted among most modern scholars that the Book of Jonah is fictitious. The, the actual events did not actually happen. Jonah may well have been a real guy. His, his name is mentioned in 2 Kings. But uh, a very commonly held theory is that the Book of Jonah is a parodic work. It's a parody. It, it follows a very specific parodic style that is criticizing Jewish culture and a a very specific subset of ancient Jewish culture that was very much like, God will smite our enemies before us. And if you do a bad, God is going to smite you. So now that I understand that structure, I sort of appreciate more that there was such a harsh ending. It's like, and the lesson of the day is- Yeah.
0: They're still people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So- um Let's go ahead and summarize this because, like like we've said a couple of times already, this is one of the most entertaining books in the whole Bible. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, story starts off. Um, Jonah is a prophet. Yes. God tells him to go to Nineveh and to let the people know there that they're doing bad things.
1: Yes. Jonah d- doesn't seem to care much about the people of Nineveh, especially And so he just directly disobeys God's orders to the point of going in the exact opposite direction that God wants him to go. Like, he gets on a boat to go to Tarshish. Tarshish is a sort of... It's not exactly a catch-all name, but we don't know where exactly Tarshish was. What we do know is that it's across the ocean from the land of Israel. You want to know where Nineveh is? Because Nineveh is still a place that kind of exists. It's in Iraq, which is an almost completely landlocked... Um... (laughs) It's in the other direction. There's a tiny bit of coast there, but it's in the northern part of Iraq, like as far as you can get from the ocean. (laughs) So, yeah, the the main point of, of Jonah goes to Tarshish is Jonah goes in the exact opposite direction that God wants him to go.
0: Yeah. So while Jonah is on this boat to anywhere but Nineveh, a storm blows up. And the storm is so severe that the crew starts throwing all kinds of stuff overboard to try and keep the boat afloat. They, um, it specifically indicates that they ditch all of their cargo. It's not helping. Um, it becomes kind of apparent that the storm is some kind of divine wrath. So they cast lots to determine who's at fault for the storm. And surprise, surprise, Jonah, petulant, disobedient prophet, <laughs> his name comes up.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, and he straight up says... Like after the lots are gone, he's like, "Oh yeah, uh, it's because I was running away from God's orders because he wanted me to go to Nineveh." And they're like, "What?" And he's like, "You know, you should probably just throw me overboard." And those sailors are like, "No." So yeah. So fun fact: we're not murderers. Yeah. <laughs> to their credit, they tr- they
0: are really aghast at this idea, and they try to row back to land instead. Um yeah, Which even uh, after actually, having heard this, which is both like. Kind and gutsy on their yeah. part.
1: Also, a, a thing to note, uh, I've looked this up. There are some sort of theorized trade routes between uh, Joppa, which is where Jonah got on the boat, and Tarshish. Uh, they would actually have been probably not far from land this whole time because you can follow the, I think it was the northern African coastline most of the way. Um okay granted, we still don't know where Tarshish actually was for sure. There were there's a bunch of different places that sort of had the name at one point. We just don't know. But you would probably have followed followed the African coastline. But yeah, eventually they, they do throw him overboard.
0: Yeah, um, the, the storm doesn't like the storm gets worse and keeps them from getting back to land. So they're finally like, I guess we have to do this thing. And then they're like, um, God, have God mercy we really don't want to do this thing. And they throw him overboard. Yeah. And the storm calms down almost immediately. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's pretty clear that the sailors are about as blameless as can be here. Yeah. Um, Jonah, however, needs to learn a lesson. He also needs to deliver a message. Hard for him to do either one of those if he's dead. So enter the, the fish. fish. <laughs> yes. So a large, convenient piece of marine life, possibly a fish, possibly a whale, possibly even a metaphor, swallows Jonah and gives him a solid three days to think about what he's done or rather refuse to do as the fish swims back to where he can get to Nineveh from.
1: There have been a lot of cool theories about this, actually. And one of my favorites is that the fish was an ocean sunfish, which if you know anything about ocean sunfish, they are so stupid. They just let anything float into their mouth. And then if they happen to close their mouth and swallow, uh, whoops, (laughs) they they are big, big fish. Uh, They don't grow as big in captivity as they do in the wild, but they're really known for being huge, being everywhere with warm-ish waters and eating pretty much everything and anything by accident. And there was a theory at one point that they are literally just like... They don't. Th- there was a theory that they don't actually swim, that they just get pushed along by ocean currents to move around. Wow! <laughs> um, turns out that's not true, but it sure looks like it. <laughs> um, there are also some really cool traditional Jewish theories and sort of side stories about the fish, um, which makes the okay. fish a much bigger part of the story. Like the fish talks to Jonah and he's like, hey, I really, really wish that, you know, I hadn't eaten you because the Leviathan's coming and it's going to eat us. And then the Leviathan comes by, sees that Jonah is circumcised and is like, oh no, oh no, Jonah's got God on his side <laughs> and, and, and basically runs away. There's a section of, I think it's a mitzvah, not not a mitzvah, maybe a mitzvah, a side book to Jonah that, says, that describes the fish as like the inside is the size of a synagogue, like its eyes are, are like massive windows outside and stuff like that. There's a lot of cool Jewish traditions about the fish. Huh. It's really interesting. Uh, the Book of Jonah is also read during a specific part of the Jewish holiday calendar. Uh, it's it's read during Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Oh, yeah. very cool. Yeah. So Jonah is like a, a really important book to...
0: Certain traditional parts of the Jewish calendar, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah. Huh.
0: Did not know that. Yeah. Anyway, getting back to our story, (laughs) so um, to his credit, Jonah does come around a little in the belly of the marine life and prays a prayer of thanks to God for saving him. Mm -hmm. At this point, the fish horks Jonah onto dry land and swims off to do fishy things once more. God tells Jonah that his marching orders haven't changed, and even though he now probably smells like the inside of a fish, he still needs to go and talk to the people in Nineveh, so... He decides he's going to go get it over with and heads off to Nineveh. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, or very fortunately, depending on your viewpoint, when Jonah goes there and starts yelling that they're all going to die in 40 days, the people of Nineveh actually listen for once and they're like, oh, we should probably go into, you know, mourning and repenting and fasting time now, I guess, because. Yeah, we were being bad, and yeah, we recognize that, and and it gets actually to the point where the king sort sort of listens and is like, "Oh, we should chill, and we should, or not exactly chill, but we should tone down the they, bad." They go
0: into yeah, they go into full on like fasting and repentance mode from the king all the way down to the animals. It's, yeah, uh, like
1: put sackcloth on everything alive. <laughs>
0: It's widespread and dramatic mm-hmm. um, and pretty much immediate from the sound of it in the story. People yeah. are like, oh, yeah, we, we've, mm, yeah, the, the things we were doing were not good. We should, we're going to be over here with the ashes the yeah. and the sackcloth and fasting. And Jonah kind of storms off at this point, uh, annoyed because these people are his enemy and He's not real happy about this. This is why we read the entire fourth chapter, Mm -hmm. just because it's all his reaction. It's all his
1: grump. He's so grumpy about it. (laughs) (laughs) Such a cantankerous prophet. Yeah. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah, to say he's displeased is kind of an understatement. Uh, So he storms off to glower at the city from afar and complain to God about God's mercy, basically. And God's reaction... um, is to mess with Jonah, which Jonah totally has coming. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Because <laughs> Jonah is, like, in full-on petulant teenager mode at this point. Mm-hmm. So he makes this um this little shelter and kind of sits down to to watch the city, and God gives him some extra shade. And then God takes away the shade, and Jonah gets really mad and asks for God to kill him, and... <laughs>
1: God, I'm, kind of I'm like, so angry, I want to die. Like, that's what yeah. he says. I'm so angry, I want to yeah.
0: die. This this places the uh, age of Jonah at roughly, what, about 13 or so, according yeah. to his
1: behavior? Or three, <laughs> you know, depending. Yeah, those
0: surging hormones, yeah. Oh, that was a rough age. I'm so glad I'm not that <laughs> age anymore. Oh, If you're listening and you're 13 and you don't go through that, cherish it. Yeah. It's very difficult for many of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, At any rate, yeah, God basically is like, look, there's 120,000 people in this city and a bunch of animals. I'm happy about the fact that I could spare them the end.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And by the way, I just want to say I actually kind of had to do that with some uh, grade ones at the library today because they were all. Yeah, because they were all getting really angry about (sighs) this happens so often. We have Super Smash Bros. at the library that you can play and kids play it and then they get angry that they're fighting each other, which is the whole point of the game. So if you didn't want to fight each other in a game, don't play, play Smash Bros. Play something co-op? Yeah. Yeah. And and they get so angry about it. And I, I basically today I was like, is this really a thing that you should be angry about? And they were like, no. And then I was like, all right. You know, get off the, the console for 20 minutes. Give me the controllers. Get off the console for 20 minutes and do something else. Because yeah. cause you're not having fun. Go to the fun. closet.
0: <laughs> hang up your rage. Come back. Yeah. You know?
1: huh. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Okay. So like I kind of said at the beginning, one of the reasons why I like this book is this is kind of... This is very consistent with the image of God that we have in the New Testament and in Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Very merciful, very kind. A bit more of a sense of humor than I think we often picture God having. Yeah. Which I think is kind of valuable on its own.
1: Highly valuable. Really?
0: We live in a world with giraffes and platypi and think that (laughs) God is deadly serious at all times. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um... (laughs) And I, I think, Jenny, you've got in here that punishment is of others is not something to glory in. Yeah, and-
1: it's, it's a thing that has come up. If you have ever worked in any public sort of community hub, you, you will sort of feel this. There have been a lot of discussions in my workplace that, that, that get highly political in nature that deal with wanting somebody to get what the individual considers to be their just, their just desserts or their comeuppance. And it's, it's just this cruel, harsh punishment rather than, Trying to reform behavior or trying to be merciful about it, and I, I mean,
0: heck, go on social media. You oh, don't have gosh. to work in any specific spot.
1: It's just this. This is like every single day at work for me, and I don't go on social media at work, and and so it's just like I cannot escape this, this viewpoint that is so so popular right now, and, and has been very popular for a long long time. Where taking glory in other people's punishment is 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 considered to be accepted and and right and a good thing. And and not allowing for, for any sort of change or or anything like that and, and wanting to see bad things happen to bad people. It's such a, a common theme. And
0: and assigning people the the bad person label after one mistake and refusing to remove it under any circumstances yeah. ever. Yeah. I, I've noticed that's especially common on social media. It's like Very much. oh, this person did this one bad thing when they were a minor. They are now 57 and have been a paragon of virtue, but guess what? They still did that yeah. one bad thing. Yeah. It's like, um, the Apostle Paul would like a word with you, please. Yeah.
1: There's there's a big, big difference between justice and punishment. They are not at all yeah. the same thing. And I think that's sort of like the, the theme that was really driven into my head with the story of Jonah is that you are to obey God at all times. And I don't think that is what the takeaway is supposed to be. Personally. I mean I I mean it's in
0: there, it right? Is, like, you know, obeying God is better than not obeying God. Yeah, that's that's but,
1: but I y- don't think it it was the main message. No, I, I think that
0: I think the the story of Jonah is really supposed to show you what God is like. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean the entire story is God giving second chances and sparing people. Mm-hmm. He gives Jonah a second chance and spares him. Mm-hmm. He spares the sailors. He spares the Ninevites and gives them a second chance. Then he gives Jonah a second second chance <laughs> after he gets all ticked off about the non-fate of Nineveh. Mm-hmm. It's mercy, it's grace, it's compassion, and there's humor mixed in. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like, I don't know, not to put too many words in your mouth, but that's the essential Message of Jonah, at least to my eye. So, do you get something else in addition to that? Or,
1: I think the whole punishment of others is not something to glory in, is sort of like that's likely two sides of the same coin, but the another another side, another side on the it's yeah, perpendicular to you, sort of like the other side of a d6 kind of thing. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, there's a lot. Jonah
0: does not come out looking good in this story at all. Not at all. Which not is interesting all. because he's you know he's a prophet he's the direct messenger of God and yet he does ultimately do what God wants him to but he comes out looking really bad in this story yeah. you know like the the people that look the best are the sailors and the Ninevites because they they not only do what God wants them to but they have appropriate attitudes about it mm-hmm. the sailors are extremely reluctant to hurt another person mm-hmm. and basically are like. We're only doing this because it's very clear that you're not giving us any other choice. Yeah. And the Ninevites are like, oh, yeah, we have been bad. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do about this? Well, we better get on something like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Um Where's the sackcloth?
1: Yeah. So So- what What's gameable about this?
0: Okay, so we kind of touched on this when it came up, but The Fish is pretty gameable. Yeah. Like, Travel by Fish is... I don't think that's ever happened in a, a gaming setting that I've been in, and it's just this kind of yeah. wonderful, like, mythic-feeling thing. Yeah.
1: I've, I've talked about it on the mics before, but I really want to turn Scott Westerfeld's young adult series Leviathan into a gaming setting, because I think it's a very gameable setting, and it's called Leviathan... Because there is a massive whale blimp that's called Leviathan. <laughs> <laughs> you travel by whale blimp. You travel by fish a lot because, um, in that setting, the air sacs that fish use for flotation and sub submersion are are filled with helium essentially, and and hydrogen huh. and stuff. And so they they genetically engineer the fish to be well, air. Cetacean,
0: but eh. yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't know the difference back in when Jonah was being written, but hey, we do <laughs> <You know>. um, <laughs> the fishy like thing. You could also, in like a a setting like Numenera, where it's kind of like a weird science fantasy thing, you could have kind of a living submarine kind mm-hmm. of a deal, some kind of ridiculous biotech or something. That could also be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I kind of think the whole like prophets warning evil cities and actually being listened to thing doesn't come up enough in games either. You'll see like. Crazy prophets, right? Mm-hmm. That are like prophesying doom on people who are literally just minding their own business mm-hmm. or even trying to cause it. But you'll see evil ones that are just like, haha, we're coming to destroy you and there's nothing you can do about it. Quake in fear. But like the whole, hey, stop the evil or reap the consequences thing that actually gets listened to by even somebody. It's I don't know that I've ever actually seen that in a game. I've, not even a I've video game. I've never
1: seen that. In in pop media of any kind, I I've seen like oh the crazy prophet was right all along. We should have listened to to them. But I've never seen the prophet actually get listened to. Never yeah, once. it's very much like Cassandra kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and then um, there's the kind of warning against vindictiveness too. Which mm-hmm. all right, let's be honest, that's not the most adventurous thing in the world. No, adventurers are kind of sometimes player characters, really. I should say. Can sometimes be pretty petty and vindictive. Yeah. Our gaming group is actually a little strange in that regard, and that we usually aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came up a little bit in the Shadowrun game, which was before you joined us, yeah. but like, especially in the Sharn game and the Colony game, not a lot of vindictiveness no. there. At least, not that was acted on.
1: Yeah. I am actually trying to play Ganelon as not exactly vindictive, but incredibly petty. Like, I don't think I'm doing a good job, but but I, I think I did a
0: pretty good job. Oh, uh, the the whole thing where he walked up to the noble during dinner and like set himself a place was pretty good. Uh,
1: yeah, that that is pretty good. I think my pettiest moment was essentially the Ganelon in a China shop moment
0: where. <laughs> where oh yeah, he, <laughs> oops! The, I dropped thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where I basically like just just cleared shelves in an alchemist's. Uh, shop by just like sweeping my arm across the shelf. That I was mean, incredibly we that petty. That guy was a
0: horrible ooze monster. So yeah,
1: eh. it, yes. <clears throat> and had
0: killed at least one guy. Yes, so. but
1: here's the thing: Are we going to be petty and vindictive about it? That's the yeah. main question. Is it a good thing to be petty and vindictive, even if a guy is a, a terrible ooze monster who kills people? No, yeah. we shouldn't be petty and vindictive. We should seek justice yeah. for for those harmed and still allow for. For mercy well to be
0: honest we didn't we didn't kill any of his flunkies no
1: we did didn't we? harm no, yeah, the uh didn't.
0: the cashier at all no so
1: but yeah still we sti- actually sti- didn't
0: even get him but we did definitely chase him off so if yeah. there was that
1: yeah but the the general thing is if you're if you're playing a character that is good are you going to make them petty and vindictive it's it's a question you should yeah. probably ask yourself
0: yeah I suppose, you know, this is gonna be a little bit of a shorter one because these biblical figure ones usually are. We're and, we're down a host and stuff. And but
1: Jonah is especially a short book.
0: Yeah, there's there's not a lot of material to work with here. Yeah. But I, I do think there is some there is some value in making even your incidental NPCs just kind of unironically sympathetic every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Those like the you, read the, you read you read the, that those sailors were such good dudes. Yeah. They're like This guy is like, yeah, okay, so I'm at fault, and there's, like, literal divine wrath being, you know, meted out against me, and anybody I'm around, you should probably put me in the water, and they're like, Hmm. we're going to save you instead. Yeah. It's like... Maybe not smart, but certainly noble and brave, <gasps> you know?
1: You know what I want more often in my NPCs? Hmm. I want the NPCs that try to stop the party from doing the adventurous thing because it's dangerous. I want that a lot more often. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be, that'll be perfect in a, a future campaign that I've been thinking about, actually. I've,
1: I've seen similar things a lot recently. I, I've been watching Naruto. Uh, it's not a secret. I've talked about it on Twitter. I've been watching a bad show that I'm having a lot of fun watching. But, like, you, you get that a little bit where it's like, the, the characters try to stop one of the other characters from doing something dangerous and stupid, like, Sasuke, no! But, like, it doesn't further the story along. It just gets in the way. <laughs> and it's, it's very, it's really fun when played for laughs. And I think it could also be an interesting sort of obstacle, like, oh, no, the NPC has put themselves in a dangerous situation to try to stop you from being in a dangerous situation. You now have an NPC to protect. Good luck.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of to use a much more serious example. This is like when Alfred occasionally tries to stop Batman from going out again.
1: I didn't know he did that. He
0: does occasionally. um, Like if he's beat up or something from like a previous thing and he keeps trying to push himself. Mm. There have been times where Alfred has, he often tries to talk him out of it. He has occasionally tried to use more decisive measures. <laughs> uh, it usually doesn't work, mm. but that kind of a dynamic where it's like, hey, don't throw your life away here, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can have like some well-meaning, friendly NPCs kind of stage a little bit of an intervention or yeah. something <laughs> like that. That could, that could lend either some comedic weight or some real dramatic weight, depending yeah. on how straight you decide to play it up. Mm-hmm. To any number of scenes where, especially if you're in something like Call of Cthulhu or oh. something where your chances of success aren't super high, yeah. you know, yeah, you know, you've got some friendly NPC and they don't really know what you're doing, but they know that you're making the kind of preparations that somebody who doesn't expect to come back makes. And they're like, mm-hmm. hey, you've got a lot of, lot of stuff to live for. Are you sure you want to go do this? Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, that that's a that's a good pull. Mm-hmm. I like that idea a lot. Anything else about the book, character, or messages of Jonah before we end this one?
1: Don't think so. I think I think we're good.
0: All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. We are Saving the Game. Uh, you can find us at stgcast.org or savingthegamepodcast.org that has the uh, entirety of our podcasts run, all of our episodes. Uh, I also write a blog post every other week between our episodes because we're on an every other week release schedule. Uh, You can find that there. You can also find a link to our Discord community where we have assembled a very nice, friendly, warm group of people who you should absolutely come and say hi to. And uh, we're syndicated around at various places. We're on the Inroads Ministries website. We're on Stitcher and iTunes and the other places where fine podcasts are given away for free. You can find us in any of those places if you want to engage with us further. We are on Facebook and Twitter. Just Search for Saving the Game, and you should find us relatively quickly. And we also do a Friday night video game stream every week. We kind of take turns doing that. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's thanks to our Patreon supporters.
0: Yes, our wonderful, wonderful Patreon supporters who have made it so that we can not only operate in an entirely listener-supported fashion, but we actually have recently hired an editor to do some of the episodes so that we've got time to work on other stuff for you guys. So... Um, Thank you so much to our current Patreons. And if you are interested in backing us, uh, backing at any level gets you access to our show outlines and gets you question asking access, which it seems like we could use more of these days. So uh, from all of us here at Saving the Game, have a good one. Take it easy and we will catch you next time. See ya. This has been a production of Saving the Game. All episodes are produced and published under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, share-alike license. Our logo is by Ruben Smith Zimple of 3d6design.com. Our music is The Promised Place Beyond the Clouds by James Opie. You can find more of his music at nyhalor.com. To hear our past episodes, to find syndication and license details, to connect with our fantastic listener community, or to contact us or support our show through Patreon, visit our website at stgcast.org or savingthegamepodcast.org. God
1: bless, do good, and happy gaming.